When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. Yes, I'm out of breath because I've just run up and down the stairs twice. I've just come upstairs to prepare the podcast. I've done all my graphics, all the titles and everything, so my mistake if it says 2-1 anywhere because that's like what I've prepared for and prepared to talk about a defeat for Villa. I'm running up and down the stairs and say, Keenan Davis has scored? What's going on there? <laughs> I know. Come with the hour. Come with the barber from Biggleswide. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we'll come back to that in a sec. <laughs> um, oh, listen. You know, I, I hope I don't want to be the a, a kind of voice of doom, but oh, it's go. just flat again, isn't it? It's just kind of already on the beach. You know, so far on the beach, giving donkey rides. I think at, at, at the moment, but got a point. You know, I think it's probably fair balance of play. Um, yeah, good chances for us, to be fair. But Martin has made a lot of saves. Yeah, he has. He made a lot of saves, including a couple of them from his own from his own players. Um, but it was, I don't know, having scored that goal, having scored the goal really early on against a team that who thought their mini-revival was over after they got spanked by Leicester in mm. the week. You know, that's where Villa have got to kind of smell blood and go in for the kill. We haven't got this Villa at the moment. We haven't got the Villa that, that's capable of that. Um, and it was, I don't know, listen, I've, I've seen a bit of overreaction on social media again and you've got to goo and all this kind of stuff and you know what I mean, you've taken us as far as we can which is, happens to be farther than last season. It's not, we know Villa aren't <laughs> playing well enough at the moment, we know Villa aren't playing well enough, we know that there's barely a plan A, let alone a plan B, but we also know that Dean Smith and the people around him are sensible enough, um, you know, and forward planning enough to try and sort this out across the mm. summer. You know, um, so you know a lot of a lot of hot takes come as a result of it. And Villa's form has been really, really, really poor. Does that mean we can't criticise Dean Smith, his staff, and his players? No, they they need to be criticised because they should be better than this. There's still a lot. You know what what should have been a real kind of season to remember has has petered out and, and has has slipped away a little bit, but it's still progress. So let's just. Keep calm and, and you know see what see what magic they can work over the summer with the the obvious improvements that need to be made to the squad. I think my biggest frustration is I, I get what you're saying because it's, yes, it's only a draw against the Albion. Frankly, it's not really good enough, is it? They've got 25 points now. Um, they're rubbish. They're going down more than likely. You expect Villa to be winning that at home, and we were nowhere near, nowhere near at it for the majority of the game. But the last five, ten minutes or so, we do attack it. We've hit the post a couple of times. Keenan Davis has even hit the post for one. You wonder why we make the changes so late and why we start playing so late. Or, you know, we're, one, we're two one down since the 46th minute. Why does it take until the 80 odds until we make a change? That's no, you're right. I think it's, it's standard, isn't it, for, for Dean Smith to make the changes? You know, I think it's 70, 76 minutes. Is that, does that tend to be his, his time or around no. that mark? Um, and yeah, Villa, if Villa would have got that goal 10 minutes earlier and would have actually pushed to get that goal 10 minutes earlier, who knows what would have happened? Could have gone on, mm. on, on and won that game. 
Um, I think these are situation today where probably his most reliable out player, outfield player of the season in Esri Konza has, has possibly had had one of his worst performances. Um, but you know. He's due one to be fair, isn't he? He's been he's been like a Rolls Royce for most of the season, so we can't can't dig him out too much. But I think you you texted me, didn't you? Was it you you texted me or did I read it on, on Twitter? Something about the, the commentators talking about um the Esri Con oh, not Esri Con Emmy Mar- oh, yeah, Martin that's my tweet. <laughs> yeah, tweet. I know I'd somewhere. My, my tweet, I didn't text it either. Yeah, no, every, well, it's, it's, every every week I mention Emmy Martinez being one closer to Brad Friedel's clean sheet record. You know it's over. As soon as yeah. I mentioned that he's got 14 and Friedel's got 15 or whatever the figures are, you know he's conceding. I think they said it's yeah. six games without a clean shoot from now. So he's been on the brink for ages and we're all saying, oh, he'll definitely surpass it. He'll be getting close to 20. And he could still do that with six, six games left or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, uh, as soon as I mention it, you know it's over. It was brilliant again, though, to be fair to him. Um, I've not yeah, seen actually his player ratings, but you'd think that um, think that Martinez was he's probably... Probably his man of the match. Um, the quick word for Keenan Davis because mm-hmm. we bigged him up massively, didn't we? When he he came on against Fulham and changed the game, then the Liverpool game we expected to see him in the starting lineup or at least get some involvement, and it didn't happen. Then he comes on towards the Man City. Was it? I think he came on for a few minutes, didn't he? On on Wednesday night, whatever night it was, and didn't really get much of a look in. But just it was just that sense of urgency. You know, he's had a he's smack, smack post. He's had another couple of nibbles as well. Uh, and he scored the equaliser all within a cameo of 10 or 11 minutes. Yeah. And if that's not a kind of pick me message to the manager, then I don't know. I don't know what is really. And what have Villa got to lose? What have they got to lose by not getting him more involved? Uh, I think, you know, Dean Smith tries to pride himself on picking players that are in form um, most of the time. So I think the I think the lad deserves deserves a chance next time out. Yeah, we'll talk about Davis in a sec. I just want to go back up to the when T News comes out at six o'clock tonight. What what were your thoughts when you saw that? There was a lot of talk about oh Kessler should play it right back, Elmo's past it, you won't be here next season, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Someone in the comments has just said something like along the lines of what did we learn from Elmo playing? We don't think wrong, did he? I don't, don't think Elmo's pretty steady. Hair transplant's a bit strange. But that's a really didn't he? Yeah, yeah, great volley on that, great <laughs> connection on that volley. Nothing wrong with Elmo, but I, I understand the point. Ross Barkley starting is the, the big talking point though, isn't it? Where did that come from? Yeah, well, I didn't actually see the team news at the time because I was dragging my fat ass around a five-a-side pitch in Albury uh, and I actually opened the scoring with a bullet header in my own goal after about oh, uh, God. after about three. I, wa- I wanted to play because I've been going, we'll get to the point in a minute, but I was um, I'm normally a lazy goal anger. I thought, no, I'm just going to sit in front of my back four. Back four, if I decide. I'm going to sit in defence today and I just scored a bullet header in my own goal. So it's been one of those days. Um, what were you asking in terms of Barkley starting, starting yeah. almost starting? I don't think he was that bad tonight. I'll start with that. Barkley. He wasn't that good. It, yeah, it surprised me. It surprised me that he did start. I don't think he's done anything to justify a start or be anywhere near a start in the last five or six weeks. So, so it was a surprise. I thought we saw a little bit more out of him than usual. But that's like, you know, if what, what's he usually a four out of ten? He might have got to a five and a half, six <laughs> tonight potentially. Um, I agree with fans who are saying, "What do you learn from Barkley playing when we know that that Barkley's going to go back to Chelsea and not be signed by Aston Villa?" Mm-hmm. you've got other players that you can bring in to have a look at who probably will be at Aston Villa next season. So it was a strange one to put him in there. He won the penalty. 
to be fair, that's that's got us in it got us in front in the game and um and where um, Anwar Al Ghazi has continued this record of scoring against West Bromwich Albion. Um, <laughs> it's remarkable, isn't it? He, he loves playing against them. But it was it's an Aston Villa team who are just going through the motions for me at the mm. moment. And again, until the last 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll probably repeat what I'm saying through the podcast throughout lockdown and stuff, that I'm not sure Villa Park, a full Villa Park, would let Villa be, be as lethargic as this. Obviously, we, we, we don't know that because we're not allowed back in yet, but they just seem to be accepting uh, accepting sloppy standards far too for me. And I thought, you know, some of the times we couldn't keep the ball again, couldn't play five or ten-yard passes in midfield. And this is against the West Bromwich Albion team who, like I said, are heading, heading for relegation. You can probably forgive it away at Liverpool and you can probably forgive it... Um, against Man City, but Villa have now taken the lead in the last three games and failed to win mm. any of those three games. Where's this ruthlessness? Where's this decisive streak gone? Yeah, that's a fair point. Just quickly before we move on, Elmo starting as well. I just said he wasn't that bad. And fans in the... Yeah, it's your connection, I think. Well, it is on my end. You're a little bit blurry on mine. I'm still here. I don't know if you can hear me. With Elmo starting, there's people in the comments, I just said he wasn't that bad, and then people say, no, oh, he gave the ball away, he was out of position. Yeah, yeah. So, your thoughts on Elmo? I thought I, I didn't think any of the back four, with the exception of, of Target, potentially, were that great. I don't think they were. I don't think they were all collectively terrible either. But I thought I thought Target was the standout performer of the back four, when the other others were were much of a muchness. Um, I, I think if <laughs> a bit naughty, oh, he'd probably been dug out a lot more than than Konza. Um, but yeah, it was it was just just flat down. But it, it's no surprise. It, it's the Aston Villa we've been seeing for the, for the last. I think your connection is awful tonight. If the comments are still with us, let us know if it's my connection or Matt's, because for my end, it's Matt's connection that's been poor. The massive delay between the two of us. Um, if you're still there, Matt, and you can still hear me, I can see you, but it seems to be a massive delay. Yeah, we've spoken about it a few times. It's a bit of a cliche. I didn't really have anything else to say, but are you happy with mid-table <laughs> mediocrity? Not happy with it, because I think the season offered offered much more. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know who we... We're pointing the finger of blame at... Who particularly? Smith for not being, you know, I don't know, tactically tactically bright enough to, to hatch a plan without Grealish. Players who have set high standards in the first half of the season, you know, we'll, let's speak to Ross, about Ross Barkley again, um, not being able to live up to it or a mixture of all of those because, you know, what will happen is that there'll be... Villa will will assess this season at the end of the season mm. and we'll say that wasn't good enough, that wasn't good enough, that wasn't good enough, that wasn't good enough. I always, you know, I, 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 I think I get get accused of being a bit too pro-Smith sometimes. And I, I think Chris, I think Chris, I think, I think Dean Smith is, should, should be open to criticism, but these levels, there's levels of it, really, and that doesn't mean a change of manager for me. It means Dean Smith learning the way he's learned with previous challenges for him. We can't go. Listen, we can't go on playing like if we play like we played in the in the last six to six to seven weeks. We start next season with that. We're going to be heading for another relegation battle. So something's yeah. got to give. Something's got to change. I just don't think Dean Smith leaving his job is the thing that needs to give. To me, it, it, what what needs to give is. The players who aren't performing, you know, the, the midfield needs improving for a start. The players who aren't performing 
consistently need to become bench players and we need better players in, in those areas. And that can't, the transfer window's not open. That can't be done kind of mid-season in this sense. So as bleak and as grim and as frustrating as this run of form has been, I don't think we can affect it. You know, if, if people saying get rid of get rid of Dean Smith, get rid of him when on the back of a you know back of a of a home draw against West Brom for what reason, for what purpose? Mm. Who's going to come in and kick us on for the sake of you know bringing us from eleventh place to to ninth for the last couple of weeks of a season? Let's see what what him and the, him and the the transfer committee and the coaches around him. Let's see what they've got because. It's a really, really big challenge now. It was a big enough challenge to get into the Premier League. Then it was a big enough challenge to stay in the Premier League. The, is the biggest challenge that that Villa are going to face now. Let's see if they're able to do it. If they are, brilliant. If they sign that they're not, then we can look at the whole situation then. I think we're probably going to have to wrap this up sooner than we thought tonight because your connection's poor. I can hear you, but we'll, we'll try and get through it as quick as we can. Do you understand the viewpoint that people say they want Smith out there not really do you but because oh, I don't know this is difficult isn't it because I also wouldn't get rid of him but I understand oh, I don't know I kind of do want to say I understand it because no oh, do I though <laughs> because the, the, the reasons that people usually give when they say they want Smith out is that he's taken us as far as we can which so far is mid-table championship promotion 17th mid-table-ish which is getting better each year so you think next year is the is the time to judge it but and the other comments that come with it is things like you can't attract the big players and that kind of thing and, and another manager could again I don't know if that's particularly true or, or if, if there's any facts to prove that I suppose the, the thing to say with with replacing him and judging him for next season is that as much as we're saying he's deserved the right to stay which I agree with what if we do start next season bad and 12 games in, then you get rid of him, and next season is a failure then because of the fact that you didn't make the change in the summer. I guess that's the argument. Kind of quit while you're ahead and try and upgrade rather than let Smith be poor and then replace him at Christmas. Is that the argument? I'll try and browse the comments very quickly. If that's the argument, that kind of makes sense to quit while you're ahead and hope that you upgrade rather than let Dean Smith ruin next season, in theory. I'm trying to be hypothetical here. What evidence is there he's going to ruin next season? Because of the form from this season, if the form of this season carries on into next and we start this, you know, the first 15 games of next season, we're, we're near the bottom three. Nobody next year is going to replace us to get back into mid-table, are they? Again, so that technically next season you take us backwards. But this is then preempting that we've got some crystal ball and know that next season is going to be bad. Surely you don't make the decision to get rid of Smith until it's bad. You don't, you don't sack him in the summer. But then you see other teams like Watford do it, don't they? Get promoted and then sack the manager. When we finished last season, and even though we're better after lockdown and stayed up, you know, I think everybody agrees that that break in the season turned out to be a good thing for us because it gave us a chance to reassess and, 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 and kick on again. Even when that happened, no, we weren't that good. Nobody could have predicted what followed between August and October. Nobody could have predicted it. So who's not to say that we're not going to kick on again? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We need Jack. We need Jack Grealish back. We need him fit. We need him firing, and we need we need better players alongside him. You know, in those forward areas. And what well, we point, we 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 go through this every week. You know, the positions that that, that need strengthening. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't like the short termism. We're on a more stable footing than we have been, 
at any stage over the last, probably over the last seven, eight or nine years. You know, ten years ago, ten years ago when we were challenging under O'Neill, we had a manager who was forced to walk out because he felt the parameters and the goalposts had been changed. We had a chairman who, as a result of that, lost interest and fell out of love with the club. And then we had a succession of managers who were just playing on of trying to lower our expectations to say that all you need to do is stay in this stay in this division. Now, all of a sudden, we've got owners and and chairmen who not only have the financial clout to compete, but want to compete. They've not fallen out of love with Aston Villa yet. They're very much in love with Aston Villa. We've got a manager who more than anybody since Martin O'Neill has been able to show year-on-year improvement for the last two or three years. We've got a talent in Jack Grealish who, you know, even old gits like me will probably admit he's the best player we've had at the club for a generation. It's been crap for the last two months. We can't get away from that. But are we in such a bad place? Are we really in such a bad place with the things that I've just said? You know, we've got England England internationals in Toro Mings, Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins. And you can argue whether you think who of those three you think deserve to play for England or not, or, or be in the Euro squad or, or not. But I don't know. I don't. I, perhaps I'm just... I'm, I'm, my, my glass half full cup is... Um, bubbling over, perhaps I'm missing something blatant in, in, in front of me because I've seen the, I've seen every single game for the last couple of months and he, uh, not one of them has really excited me or got me going, to be honest. So I share people's concerns about that. Thing is with me, I trust the, the people at the top of the club to do their damnedest to fix it. Um, yeah. And I've seen what chopping and changing can do because you get rid of a, a manager, then you're getting rid of backroom staff, you, you're getting rid of half a squad and... If it works and we kick on, brilliant. You know, we I suppose Southampton had this this big argument, didn't they, when um when Pochettino came in there several years ago and people thought, you know, what you're getting rid of um Nigel Adkins for, he's brought us through the leagues, he's got us going. I think listen, you can have that catalyst. I just don't think we quite need it yet. Yeah. It's such a polarising topic because the comment saying that I'm talking rubbish, which I was specifically said before I started my last point that I'm smithing. So that's that side of the argument done. And as you're talking then, the other side is saying that, Matt, you defend Smith too much. So you're never going to quite win with people here. So it's a, you're either in or out and it's very, there's no middle ground really. There's very rarely this kind of middle area. Um, just to go back on the other side of it again, I'm not kind of um, using these two comments to specifically have a go at these two people because I'm not going to have a go at them but like single them out because it's just the other side Matthew says he can't take us to the next level that's my worry again my opinion is I don't know how we know that unless there's some kind of time traveller that tells us that Dean Smith can't do it I don't know what evidence there is to suggest that and then John Rambo quite now says get Rafa Benitez in and give him a war chest I love war chest that's a classic otherwise we're not serious we need to start acting like a big club why not give Dean Smith a war chest? What's what's the difference? Why sack him and get Rafa Benitez in, for example? Because I'm Mourinho. Mourinho at Villa? Oh. Why? Boring? Yes, he's a winner, but he's just been sacked. <laughs> Why? Just the war chest thing fascinates me. What what does it look like, a war chest? <laughs> I imagine like a big like gold, like big thing with a lid on it, is what I think. Like a big like kind of Ottoman that you put yeah, your yeah, shit yeah, yeah. in. But yeah, it's yeah. full of money. But yeah, and gold. 
Putin's the one who's been given a war chest already, spent 200 million. It's difficult because not everyone will watch every episode, but with you and me, Phil, like we're talking over each other all the time because we, we say the same points. Dean Smith has had 200 million over the course of two seasons to build a massive squad of 17, 18, 19 players. We had to spend that money to get up into the champion, into the Premier League, stay in it, and then improve this year. He spent 200 million and got Villa from mid table in the Championship to mid table in the Premier League. So that's proof of the concept that spending money works. Give him another 100 million this year, and we might get top six next. Why quit now? It's such a draining argument because we've spoken well, yeah, about it before. If you could have a guaranteed success that spending 200 million gets you to climb 25 places in the football pyramid, you know, everybody would be doing it like, you know, wouldn't they? You know, everybody would be all yeah. over Dean Smith to, to produce that kind of thing. Listen, to me, it's we need a better Dean Smith next season. Now, I think Dean Smith himself can be the better Dean Smith than a replacement because he's got, he's already got, he's already worked with these players, he's already shown that he can kick on. I don't know, it sounds like Groundhog Day, Dan, mm. to be honest. And I, I can't wait till the season to end, which, you know, perhaps that's me just being a kind of boring, boring supporter. But the worry is when you've got players who look like they can't wait to the, for the season to end, that, that's the frustrating thing. That's what's on Dean Smith. Dean Smith's got to say, listen, we want to go places next year. We want to kick on. We want to, we want to be better. We want to, we want to climb. So do you want to be part of it? You know, you should be putting that challenge out to people. Do you want to be part, part of it? Because if not, we'll move you on. You know, you've been good. You've played a part in the progress that we've made. But we can't be this flat. We can't be this flat all the time. So, yeah, I'm very much, very much Dean Dean Smith in. I, I'm, a, I'm scared and frightened about what would happen with the change because most of what's any success and progress that we've had has been built built on sensible decision making. Um, but do I want Dean Smith to to make the same mistakes that he's made with the way his team's been set up, with the way he's reluctant to, to bring substitutions on and the way he's not been able to find a plan for Villa to play without Jack Grealish, not just this season, but in previous season seasons? Of course it's a of course it's a massive concern. Um yeah. but let's get to the end of the season, let's assess what we've done, and then let's let's look what's needed to move us forward then. Final point I want to end with, just to, again, a devil's advocate. David said, Matt, you seem happy that a club like Villa should be happy finishing in mid-table. Mid-table is not good enough for Villa. At what point have mid-table? I'm delighted that Villa are finishing mid-table this season. I'm absolutely yeah, delighted that Villa are finishing finishing mid-table this season and Villa will finish higher this season than they have done since, what, 2011? What what, what did people expect this start of this season? Well, we said in our season preview, if we finished 14th, 15th and had, what, 45 points, we'd, we'd have took that. Uh, this is the reason why... The, I, don't, I don't know uh, what they mean, this, a club like Villa. Well, yeah, a club that was in the Championship a couple of years ago. I'm exhausted. <laughs> it is exhausting, but this is the same. When we talked about it a few weeks ago, Smith in, Smith out, and all the rest of it, it what, there was people talking about it, but it was it was more of a mor- minority on tonight's podcast. And again, you don't know who's watching; it might not all be Villa fans. There does seem to be a, a fair handful of people who, who do want to move on for somebody else. And if they're not happy with it, there's no point us just sitting here and going, "This is our opinion." Everyone else must think the same because that isn't football. We've all got our own opinions. Yes, we have been poor since since Christmas, pretty much. Um, but yeah, to, to finish in mid-table in the Premier League when we were mid-table in the Championship. I know it's a cliche to keep using that phrase, but that's where we were before Dean Smith came in. We are in the Championship for three seasons. We've got up, stayed up and consolidated. If next season it isn't an improvement, it's, next, it's the following summer you start to look at and say, mm, can we change something? But you spend money, you improve again, you build a squad. And if you push for Europe next year and get in there, Dean Smith's done a, an amazing job. 
I think that's all you can say on the matter, really, until Villa make the decision to get rid of him, which they're not going to. Yeah, I mean, finally for me, because I'm, I'm a bit fed up of talking about this, but finally for me <laughs> is, imagine that imagine that meeting if Christian Perslow and, and Nassif Suarez and, and Wes Eden summon Dean Smith and say, thanks, Dean, but you're sacked. You know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Year on year improvement is is not good enough. You've you've got to go. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine any workplace doing that when people have have kicked on year on year. You know what kind of pressure does that put on the next manager that you come in? Listen, listen, mate, you're in. And if you don't, Champions League first season, and if you do that, Premier League title the second season, and then we want the treble in the third season because that's what you're asking for. That's what you're asking for in terms of the next steps, and. You know, if you fall fall down at any of those hurdles, get him out of the door. Does that work? You know, has any football club really, really shown where that works? Mm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm in a mood. Should we go and watch Line of Duty like the rest of the world? Actually, we've got a life and don't want to yeah, see it all. Yeah, no spoilers though, no spoilers. All right, let's get out of here. Cover the comments. Yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. We do appreciate both sides of the argument. Um, but yeah, if you think we're too good to finish in the table, I'll respectfully disagree. Uh, thanks, Matt, for joining me with your uh, connection that you must have bought from Aldi this year because that's it's terrible tonight. You need to go and plug, out, plug in the router again or something. Um, we'll be back again next Saturday. Hopefully, I mean, you need, might need to be on the stream now for next Saturday to get your connection improved. Um, thanks to all the comments that joined in. We do appreciate it. We're back in the week with something. Uh, but if not, we'll be back on Sunday. I'll be in an interview this week, actually, if I can get some editing done. But yeah, stay tuned to the Carberry Podcast, and uh, we'll see you soon next week. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.